Welcome to the Awakened Man Podcast, where we promulgate that your physical, psychological, and financial health are your true sources of wealth that must be safeguarded and optimized to achieve long-lasting happiness. Here, we'll discuss tactics on how you may self-actualize to reach the pinnacle of authentic masculinity by embracing true libertarian principles, arming yourself with red pill knowledge, as well as implementing the most up-to-date holistic health biohacks to optimize your health. Stop being a blue pill sheep, being led to slaughter by big government and the court system. Become an awakened man. Here's your host, Gregory. Hello, everybody. This is The Awakened Man. Welcome back to another episode. I hope you're doing well today. Today, we're going to talk about things that we can do to save marriage. Now, some of you more inveterate, misogynistic, MGTOW men are going to be like, Gregory, why are we going to save marriage? Society is better when marriage is ubiquitous and when marriage is strong. If you think of most of Western civilization, marriage, albeit not perfect, was considered a sacrament and therefore inviolable. That started changing a little in the Protestant Reformation because the Protestants, Zwingli, Calvin, Luther, and alike, no longer believed that matrimony was a sacrament and therefore it was violable. And so you started to see slowly divorce and remarriage. And a redeciphering of Matthew 19, just saying that it's okay to divorce on certain occasions. Now, how you exegete Matthew 19 in 1 Corinthians, it's very clear that both Jesus and Paul said, it's okay if you have to divorce for whatever reason, but that you must stay, you must stay chaste and single. There's no mention anywhere that remarriage is acceptable in Scripture, nor has the church ever taught that. Either way, marriage has devolved, certainly beginning with the 1920s, and then certainly much quicker with the 1960s, and with the advent of no-fault divorce, it has fallen apart, because now there is an incentive to divorce. Whereas before 1970, men initiated divorce when there was divorce, which still was, albeit rare. When there was divorce, it was the man who was the only one that was working, and the woman was a housewife. So when there was a divorce, more often than not, it's because the man was unfaithful or he wanted to move on with a new woman. And so as recompense, remuneration for that, he gave the wife money and alimony to set up the kids and her for the rest of their life. So it made sense on one level, like if the man is breaking the contract, he needs to pay to get out. But with no-fault divorce, and also too, money, and more often than not during fault divorce prior to 1970, you had to show legitimate cause. And albeit many times, especially on the civil side, on the religious side, it was very different. If you look at like Orthodox and Catholics prior to Vatican Council II, which was in the 1960s, getting an annulment was exceedingly difficult. In other words, getting uh, showing declaration of nullity. In other words, the marriage was never, uh, I guess you could say, valid in the first place due to defective consent or 
duress or whatever it was. But with the 60s, you saw this, this, well, I should go back. So civil divorce, albeit it was fault divorce, was still hard to get a civil divorce. But if you could show legitimate grounds, and more often than not, uh, they could. But it was still difficult. And getting a religious divorce was much more difficult. Then with 1970, you saw with no fault divorce, now you didn't have to give a cause to get divorced. You could, someone could sneeze the wrong way. And it wasn't no longer infidelity or abuse or reconcilable differences. Now it's just, I don't like the way she looks. I don't like the way he snores. You get a divorce. <laughs> now, what do we know? Men make more money than women. Women marry men who make more money than them. So just from that dynamic, you saw an onslaught of women divorcing men to the point where 70 to 90% of divorces are initiated by women. And that's not to cast aspersion on women. That's just a statistic that you can look up. And so women that perhaps were unhappy after a few years of marriage could get out. They could get out. And as a reward for getting out, they can get a bunch of money in alimony and child support. Now some would say, okay, well, maybe the woman didn't want the original divorce. And so the man, when it was fault divorce, so the man kind of got what he wanted, but she got money and the kids. But now with fault divorce, it's flipped. You could say, well, the woman's getting what she wants and the man's not necessarily getting what, but the man, is losing the kids and having to pay monthly payments on a decision that he did not make. Now with fault divorce, you could say the same thing. The woman didn't make the decision, but at least she's getting remunerated, whereas the man after no fault divorce is not getting remunerated at all. Either way, so we saw divorce skyrocket in the 70s into the 80s. Coupled with that, we just saw the rise of cohabitation, the sex positive revolution, coming into effect, annulments were given out like candy. And so you saw, not surprisingly, with this rise, the rise of the welfare state. Welfare did start with Social Security in the 1930s with FDR, New Deal, and all that, but really didn't accelerate until the 1960s with the Great Society. And that's when it was ratcheted up. So it's not a surprise you see welfare being created. So you saw this safety net. You see women predominantly are on welfare. They get free money. So now they no longer have to stay married to have some sort of livelihood and lifestyle because the government can provide for them. And in many cases, the government will give them more money if they have more children. So all these things are playing a role to destabilize marriage. The rise of secularization, the decrease uh, amount of religiosity, at least, at least in the mainline uh, Christian denominations and Catholicism. The rise of no-fault divorce all through the United States. So now what do we have? A broken society because families are broken. Now we try to spin it positively like the blended family, right? We have movies like blended we have tv shows that are about blending but really you're just trying to make lemonade out of lemons at that point and yes the solipsistic will say that this is good it's good for the kids that we're breaking up the marriage kids are resilient all the statistics will tell you otherwise 
But you know what? You bring up these statistics. Shut up. I'm going to do what I want. So what can we do to bring marriage back? Because what's really the end goal of MGTOW? I would tell you the end goal of MGTOW is not every man not marrying. I would tell you that would be catastrophic for society. Not to mention it would be a crash. I wouldn't say it's a crash in population because unfortunately you just see illegitimacy skyrocketing. You see in the black community, it's around 80%. In the white community, it's about 45%. Black community, I'm sorry, Hispanic community, it's about 55%. So it's like people will still have kids. But these kids are going to be brought into a world that is not ideal. Every kid has a right to know their mother and their father. And many kids don't or they don't spend time, equal amount of time, with them. So what can we do? Step one, get women to stop believing the lie that having indiscriminate partners is good for you, when study after study shows that it's not. The sexual revolution benefited men and didn't benefit women. Simple as that. What it made women do is start putting out, even if they were not comfortable, in pursuit of what the second wave feminists told us was good for women. If men can screw around, women can screw around. And then we've learned through the studies and anecdotal evidence that women aren't happy being promiscuous. And we've known this forever. This is why mothers and society and religion taught girls to be chaste until marriage. But with the social, I should say with the cultural Marxist hegemony, let's use Gramsci's turn, hegemony over all influencers today, social media, Hollywood, big publishing, educational system, historical associations, everything. They don't tell the truth. They keep pushing on people that know. Live a depraved, dissolute lifestyle, women. This is good for you. Oh, if you make poor mistakes, don't worry. Government will bail you out. We'll bail you out. And then they have all this television programming. Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce. How you can be so much happy being divorced and being a single mom. Then they push the rom-coms. See, even you single moms, you can find the high SMV stud rich 28-year-old man. Like Jerry Maguire. Women need to learn that that's all a lie. What we need is to bring women back to, to virtue and to chastity. How do we do that? I don't know. Because all the controlling mechanisms are controlled by the Gramsci Frankfurt School cultural Marxist. But that's the first step, is to convince women to be virtuous again. Go back to church. Believe in biblical virtues. Stop believing the lies. Look, what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. So learn from your mom and other people that it didn't work well. That women had higher rates of depression, anxiety, eating disorders, suicidal ideation, 
infidelity, self-loathing, because they follow the second-wave feminists and all their lies, pushed by Marxists. Once women become chased again, truly chased, then I think you'll start seeing men, slowly but surely, want to get married because they're getting a chaste woman. Now, the second problem to that, though, is even though women might become tradcon again, you still have a court system that is dictated by radical leftists. The court system will fleece men. So you have to change the court system. How are we going to change the court system? Good luck on that, gentlemen. Because again, any male or even female politician that says, hey, let's get rid of welfare. Hey, let's stop incentivizing welfare queens. Hey, let's make 50-50 with no child support the default in every state unless there's just cause otherwise. They would be crucified as being misogynistic women haters. So few politicians have the courage to speak up. So if you want to save marriage, these are the three big steps. Get women to come back to virtue by not believing the second wave feminist cultural Marxist lies. Change the court system. Good luck on that. Good luck on both of these. And I would say both sexes coming back to religion and understanding how all of our ancestors, not just in the West, but in every society, aside from the Yadamano and the Amazonian rainforest, believed in what? Monogamy. Believed in the inviolability of marriage, whether it's Muslims, whether it's Jews, Hasidic Jews, whether it's Christians. So both sexes need to come back and understand that marriage is a sacrament that is forever until death do you part. And once these three things come back, then I think you will see society slowly but surely coming out of this nadir than it did and start coming back to the, the greatness that was America. Guys, posting, I'd like to hear from you. Review this podcast. Give me your take. If you agree or disagree, either on Apple or Spotify. There's two links in the episode notes. One's for PayPal. If you want to make a donation, help to pay the cost of hosting this on a server. The other one is for the website that hosts all of our articles and our podcasts. Lastly, subscribe and follow to The Awakened Man, female holistic health apothecary, and confessions of the news. Until next time, take care. God bless and pray. Thank you for listening to The Awakened Man Podcast. Find us on Facebook at The Awakened Man Podcast page. Subscribe and post an honest review on Apple Podcasts and consider donating to our crowdfunding account. And remember... Freedom is better than Needham. Until next time. Music, courtesy of Nine Inch Nails.